Good morning, brethren. Brother Justin's sermon text is in 2 Corinthians 11, 3, 3 and 4. But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth, and preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive, receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. I'm going to pray for Brother Justin. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, and I thank you for this gathering. I pray that we would be blessed and strengthened by Brother Justin's sermon, and I pray that we would stand against the other Gospels, that, and that we would stand strong in you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. morning, brethren. We greet those of you who have joined us on live stream and those of you who may be tuning in from all all the different parts of the world who might view this recording even at a later date. We greet you in the name of the Lord. But I fear, lest by any means, any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. I've been considering recently the time that we find ourselves in. It may perhaps be the end of the end times. It's the perilous times spoken of by the apostles where people would actually possess a form of godliness that denies the power. This time is upon us, brethren. And whether Jesus is coming today or a hundred years from now, it's obvious to those who have a close relationship with God that we are at the very least living in a peculiar time since the history of creation. Multiple things are now beginning to come to pass that Jesus has already told us about. Earthquakes in divers places. All creation groaning as the coming of our Lord gets nearer and nearer. Did you know that last year in our nation alone we had 16 major weather and climate disasters? That number is almost triple the average of six disasters per year since 1980. And it's been climbing exponentially over the past five years. Last year was actually a record year for earthquakes since the dawn of recorded history. And now scientists are expecting this year to be another record-breaking year, breaking last year's record, not only for earthquakes, but volcanic activity as well. There have been wars and rumors of wars. You know that hymn that we sung earlier, He is coming soon? He writes, 
in these closing days of time. You know, that, that hymn was written in 1944, four years after Hitler had started invading other countries and was persecuting the Jews. See, that hymn writer saw the things going on in the world and connected it with, in these the closing days of time. Now, I remind you that that was written in 1944, and here we are over 70 years later. The turmoil happening in the world today is at an unprecedented level, along with this evidence of great just iniquity abounding everywhere. In this country right now, they're teaching children that being a man or a woman is actually a matter of personal preference. Grievous sin has not just become normal and acceptable in our generation, but it's paraded as liberating and progressive. Somehow a mark of the advancement of the human race. Good is called evil, and evil is called good. And there have been signs in the heavens as well. In 2017, we saw a total solar eclipse of the majority of the United States. Did you know that it was the first of its kind in 40 years? And did you also know that it happened around the Jewish New Year? which marked the beginning of its 70th year since it became a a nation in May of 1948. And did you know that in this year, in 1948, when Israel first became a nation, there was also a total solar eclipse that occurred? Of course, the skeptics cast these things out as mere coincidence, and they've manufactured explanations for all of them. But we know that these things are coming to pass because Jesus said that they would. These things are signs of the times. But what's the point? Why am I bringing this to your attention? Because knowing the time, it is now high time to awake out of sleep, knowing that our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now it's time to make for things that keep us sober, to keep us focused. Look up. Your salvation draws nigh. Now's not the time to be distracted or to entertain strange new ideas. Now's not the time to draw back and look at your options. It's time to press forward and take hold of things that the God has given to you for your salvation. Now's not the time to have one foot in the world and one foot in the ministry. Now's not the time to linger in a room of undecision. It's time to make up our minds and move forward with the things things that God has given to us. This is a time where Satan is walking about as a roaring lion, seeking to whom he may devour, because he knows that his time is short. He he knows that his time is short. Do you know that the time is short? If you call yourself a Christian, you can be sure that Satan today, even in this hour, is seeking an opportunity to devour you. Of course, those who are spiritually alert, he is not able to catch off guard. The armor of God allows us to stand against all the wiles of the devil. All of the wiles of the devil. But those who fall asleep spiritually, they can easily run themselves off this road and into the devil's territory. I would not have anybody here be ignorant of his devices or be lulled to sleep by the enchanting voices of the world or the traditions of men. I will as Jesus did, and as the apostles gave example to follow, both warn and encourage the people of God. And I am not ashamed to do so. 
Now's not the time to simply code our message in niceties. It's time to be honest with the people of God and to give them the straight truth that our situation demands. And here's the reality, brethren. God has placed everything in one man. All of reality as we know it. All the tangible and invisible reality. The whole physical and spiritual realm is held together by one man. The man, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. All things have been delivered to Him by the Father, and by Him do all things consist. He created the worlds. He upholds things by the word of His power. One person, Jesus Christ. All of our hope is in Him. All of our strength is in Him. All safety is in Him. All purpose and productivity is in Him. All wisdom and knowledge is in Him. All life is in Him. To not know Him or to not be personally connected with Him is death. There is not salvation in any other. God does not receive anyone that doesn't receive Him. No one can know God without Jesus. And these last times He's spoken to us through His Son. This is crucial. This is a matter of life and death. And I'm sure everybody here can agree with that. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I may seem to digress here, but bear with me. I looked up my name on Google, on the search, search internet, just for the point of making this message. And I was quite surprised at the number of people who share the exact same name that I have. There's a circuit court judge who's now dead by the name of Justin Cobb. Died just last year. And there's actually a very popular motivational and business speaker by the same name too. And there's actually an NBA basketball player by the same name. A financial solutions advisor, an orthopedic surgeon. There's even one who has a reputation of being a con artist. And again, on Facebook, there's countless profiles that exist under my name that represent old, young, tall, short, fat, skinny, black, white, you name it. Even though they are called Justin Cobb, they are not me. There is only one me. And no duplicates can possibly exist. And it's kind of the same way with this Jesus Christ. Today, if you look up that name on the Internet or inquire a person who says they know him in this generation, you will probably be presented with many different persons by the name of Jesus Christ. And Paul was concerned about this when he wrote to the Corinthians. The Corinthians were not lacking in any spiritual gift. They didn't come behind in any spiritual gift. Yet he told them that he was concerned that if someone brought them another Jesus, that they would be corrupted from the simplest, the singleness the oneness, the only oneness that is in the Christ Jesus. The one Christ Jesus. And that by doing so, that they would actually bear with another Jesus that, that is no other Jesus. And another gospel that is no other gospel. Just as Paul warned the Corinthians of another Jesus, today I warn you of another Jesus. You know, there seems to be a church on every street corner. While some don't even know why they gather, it would not be far-fetched to say that many come together in the name of Jesus. And the members there say, He is among us. Because Jesus did say, For where two or three are gathered together in My name, there I am in the midst of them. But what if the Jesus is another Jesus? 
Does the real Jesus show up in a place where people gather in the name of another Jesus? Even though this condition exists in our day, we don't have to guess whether or not we are gathering in the name of the right Jesus. And praise God. This isn't just left up to just get... Well, I hope, I certainly hope we're gathering in the name of the right Jesus. We can know. And we can endeavor to keep the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. We can discern and follow the right Jesus. It comes down to this, okay? The right Jesus is who God has declared Him to be. Not who men have declared Him to be. We believe the record that God has given of His Son. We don't believe a story that men have presented to us, even if it sounds good to the ear, even if it has a surface of righteousness to it. We believe that Jesus declared to us by the prophets and the apostles, the one whom God has appointed to preach to the church. Any deviation from this is actually another Jesus and another gospel. Another Jesus. A Jesus that God has not declared in the record that He has given of His Son. Another gospel is another message. Another agenda that does not fit in with the one that God is performing in salvation. And another spirit is a spirit that's contrary to the spirit of truth. A spirit that doesn't produce the fruit that the spirit produces in our lives. Like a Jesus whose experiential love is unconditional. That's another Jesus. It is. Jesus said this. He said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them is he that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father and I will love him. That's the condition. That's a condition. Jesus said that. So anybody who presents a Jesus that's not like that, it's another Jesus. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, if a person presents a Jesus, where if you say Lord, Lord to him, you'll, that's, that's the condition to get. That's another Jesus. Jesus said it to the Jews which believed on him. If ye continue in my word. There's a lot of ifs. You read the gospel, there's a lot of ifs in the gospel. If, you, if somebody presents to you a Jesus with not a lot of ifs, it's another Jesus. A Jesus who doesn't expect you to be perfect is another Jesus. Jesus did say, He said, Be ye perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So when a person says Jesus doesn't expect us to be perfect, regardless of what that person meant by that, that's another Jesus. A Jesus who says that there's no sin that cannot be forgiven is another Jesus. Jesus spoke expressly of a sin that hath not forgiveness in Matthew 12.32. Anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him. That's what Jesus said. A Jesus who leads a person to believe that they can live for both God and money is another Jesus. But see, you can't order your life according to your finances without it interrupting your service to God. That's what Jesus said. He said, no man can serve both God and money. So when somebody presents a Jesus to you that allows you to do that, that's another Jesus. A Jesus who says we should never judge others 
is another Jesus. Now, Jesus did say, judge not, that you be not judged. But then he also said, judge righteous judgment. And I always thought this is strange that when people tell you that you shouldn't judge others, they are judging you that you shouldn't judge. So in that action, they've actually violated their own standard. See, we don't just take Jesus. We take Jesus at his word, but we look at the entirety of what Jesus said. We don't isolate one verse and then ignore the rest of what he said. A Jesus who is tolerant of sin in his father's house is another Jesus. A Jesus who will, who will be your friend, even if you disobey him, is another Jesus. A Jesus who allows you to follow him while holding a preference for your worldly family is another Jesus. A Jesus who allows you to follow him without denying yourself is another Jesus. Let everyone who bears the name of Jesus Christ depart from iniquity. A Jesus who advises us to lay up treasures on earth is another Jesus. Jesus said, lay not up treasures on earth. A Jesus who says that you don't have to be born again is another Jesus. Jesus said, ye must be born again. A Jesus who accepts unprofitable service is another Jesus. A Jesus who would have died if it was only just for you is another Jesus. Jesus died for the sins of the world. A Jesus who would have a Jesus who does not produce fruits in the life of his followers is another Jesus. A Jesus who prefers the company of sinners instead of his disciples is another Jesus. Just look at the record of scripture. Jesus was always with his disciples. A Jesus who is mediocre in the eyes of his people is another Jesus. A Jesus who does not warn his followers of danger is another Jesus. A Jesus who came to, to earth to bring peace and unity is another Jesus. Jesus said, I come not to bring peace, but a sword. <clears throat> a Jesus whose yoke is heavy <clears throat> is another Jesus. A Jesus who you can follow and serve while living in darkness is another Jesus. A Jesus who gives life without a person eating his flesh and drinking his blood is another Jesus. This and many more things. Jesus is exactly who he is declared to be in Scripture. If we do not understand what he said or why he said things, we should never try and cook up an explanation. We shouldn't try and force out a reason or submit to an analysis from men that causes our very words to contradict with the words that Jesus said or for our very lives to contradict the life that Jesus said that he produces. We must believe what God has declared concerning his son, even if it's hard to understand. And God, God has promised to give an understanding to all who ask him in faith. When the real Jesus is embraced and believed, there certainly is evidence that that's the case. You know, Jesus is productive. He said, I work and my Father works. Right? Where, where Jesus, Jesus works where he's not hindered by unbelief, right? Amen. So if, 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 a, if a group of people are gathered in his name believing, 
We can expect there to be works, right? We can expect those that have received His Spirit for there to be some evidence of it. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit, right? Those who are following after the real Jesus are effectively taught by grace to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. This isn't just like a goal. This is what it this is what knowing Jesus produces. Knowing Jesus produces sobriety and living righteously in this present world. Following after the real Jesus produces people who depart from iniquity. They become people who trust in God and not in uncertain riches. A person who receives the Holy Spirit and not another spirit come boldly before the throne of grace to receive help in the time of need. They are set free and following after Him eventually produces maturity and stability. People who become convinced that they don't have to sin and there's always a way of escape for every temptation. The tutelage of the Holy Spirit produces people who do not live for themselves or who who walk after their former lusts, but people who have put to death the deeds of the flesh and offer their bodies as living sacrifices to God. They actually put God first and not themselves. And of course they do. Of course they do these things. Jesus in the Scripture is declared to be a refiner. He's declared to be a high priest. He's declared to be these things. So if he's among a people who are gathered in his name, why wouldn't we expect these things to be produced? The the scriptures declare that he's bringing many sons to glory. So why, why would he gather in a place and we not expect people to be diligently following him? A church who promotes the Jesus declared by God also promotes a distraction-free environment that is conducive to spiritual growth, the unity of the Spirit, and the bond of peace. It encourages holiness, godliness, righteousness, and it discourages and rebukes and reproves and corrects sin and falsehood and disorder among the members. It encourages thankfulness and does not provide ground for envy and strife. It promotes charity, selflessness, faithfulness, humility, kindness, and brotherly love. It does not produce shallow, carnal, lukewarm, half-hearted, unrepentant, self-seeking Christians or those who remain perpetually juvenile in their understanding. It does not promote selfish ambition or greed. It produces members who grow up in the Christ, being rooted and grounded, ones who are stable in the faith, having mature minds, abounding in good works. And we should not be surprised. Jesus has declared that he's the head of the church. These things should be found in a church. If Jesus is really above all principality and power and dominion, and he truly is among us, and he truly is the head of the church, then we should find these things where people gather in his name. See, Jesus is the cornerstone of the purpose of God. We can't afford to be settled on anything that is not the cornerstone. Everything that God is doing is here. It's in Christ Jesus. It's at this singularity point. You know, one day heaven and earth is going to pass away, and everything in it, right? But anyone that's founded on this rock is not going to be moved. Do you want to be in God's will? Be in God's Son. 
So why is another Jesus proclaimed? We've spoken earlier that Satan's ultimately behind it. But when men became inv- but men became involved when they were turned away from this oneness, from this singularity that is in Christ. Another agenda entered. Another focus entered. Even subtle. But nevertheless, a turning occurred. Satan has caused other things to take the priority over God being central. Just as Eve's priority went from being God-centered to self-centered, so he still operates. He presents men with subtle things that turn a first person from the truth. Not, Not obvious things. Not major things. Subtle things. He works in subtlety. Like loving your neighbor. I might might get a lot of blank stares for that. I'm not against loving your neighbor. But that was the second commandment that Jesus gave. It wasn't the greatest commandment. Subtlety. The the point is is that you can't love your neighbor unless you put God first. You can't. You You won't have power to do that. So when the focus like becomes the community, and that's the focus. See, that's subtlety. That's another gospel. It's another Jesus. Yeah. It produces another spirit. Yeah. It's subtlety. If the focus becomes your neighbor and not God, Satan, Satan has succeeded. This kind of deceit caused those who were building to actually reject the thing that, that was most needful to build on. Jesus is the stone that the builders refused. The builders. They were builders. They were initially involved in the work of God, but ended up rejecting the very central part of the construction because of subtlety. So do unbelievers reject the very... Even though they might not call themselves unbelievers reject the very thing that is necessary for the completion of the purpose of God and for life itself in that matter because of what they are trying to build. They think it's foolishness according to the pattern that they have crafted. It doesn't fit into what they believe that the real need is. The divine agenda at that point chafes against the agenda of men. They have received another gospel. Maybe it's just a message that doesn't offend the world and only portrays God in a positive light. We're only going to talk about God in a a positive light and let's let's shy away a little bit from confronting unbelief and when the real gospel is a two-edged sword. It's a two-edged sword. It It cuts forward and it cuts back. It's both the goodness and severity of God. Where Christ is present, there is an immovable stability. He's the stone that the builders refuse, but he is the stone. Where Christ is not present, the structure loses all stability. But I'm here to announce to you today that if you put your faith in this Christ, the one that's declared to us by God in the Holy Scriptures, if you put your faith in this Jesus, you won't be disappointed. God has raised him up from the dead. This is the one that God has raised from the dead. Are you standing on the tried stone? Or are you like 
one of those builders that have rejected him because he doesn't really quite fit in to your agenda. One day, all of the building will be over, brethren, and the fire is going to declare it. In conclusion, each one of us should examine ourselves. Now, this is really what this is all about. That each one of us could really, really take the time to examine what is it that we're teaching, especially people who get up here, myself included. What is taught up here should never reflect our own interpretation of Scripture or our philosophies of life or doctrines that are not evident in the Scriptures. May the Lord help us, guide us by His Spirit, and give us wisdom to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and not another, regardless of the repercussions of doing so. Regardless if even your close family members shun you for doing it. Regardless if the message is popular in the eyes of the world or not. May we always seek to fairly represent Jesus as God has represented Him in the Scriptures and set set our priorities that is conducive to glorifying God. May the Lord bless us richly with an understanding of Himself. And may we be well-pleasing to Him in all that we do through our Lord Jesus Christ the righteous. Amen and amen. amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Brother Jean has her exhortation. I would say that Brother Justin is fully persuaded of the things which he spoke to us this morning. His heart's in it. He's all in it. And we're glad uh, for the provocation uh, that he has delivered to us. These words here, I was looking at this text, uh, I fear, Brother Paul says, I fear, uh, beguiled. Yeah, beguiled, subtlety, corrupt. Another Jesus, another gospel. Danger. Those are all those are all words of, of danger and caution. Watch out. Be careful. Pay attention. <laughs> Pay attention. We have enemies. We have those who want to bring us down or draw us away in some manner. It, it may not be a uh, you know a, a fall like from a from a high precipice. <laughs> it may be just a gentle sloping down a wide and crooked way, a gentle sloping. It looks comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> looks like it would be uh, a pleasing way. See, but watch out. Watch this. This calls for alertness, doesn't it? Yeah. Readiness, preparedness, watching, careful, carefulness as to uh, where we're walking. We, we want to be walking in that straight, narrow way, the safe way. We, we want our feet in that firm place, see, and and not be drawn away. They'd had these things preached to them, see, he says. He that cometh preaching another Jesus, whom we've not preached. It was preached to them. Another spirit, which you've not received. They had received the spirit. 
But you see, like so many other warnings in Scripture, you've got to keep these things. You've got to keep that which you've received. And, and of course, by its nature, then it will increase. We're not talking about something static, are we? By its nature, it will increase. We don't have to make it increase, you know. Nobody's out there making the peaches grow on the tree <laughs> or making the grapes grow on the vine. They just grow by their nature. So by the nature of these things, they'll increase. But we've got to keep them. We've got to hold on to them. See, Another gospel, which ye have not accepted. They had accepted the gospel. See, And in that gospel, of course, is provided for us then uh, armor for safety. See? The helmet, the breastplate, the belt, the sword, the shield, your feet protected. All of these things provided for us to uh, to continue in these things because it's a uh, we we have entered into if you want to say it this way we've entered into a, a violent yeah. environment, a violent place. Whereas our brother said, it's a life and death matter. And we're not talking about the body here. It's the life or death of your soul. Your approval and acceptance of God. You're arriving safely in the presence of God. But some people will arrive there not safe. Not safe. And they will know it. That they're not safe. God, God is not a safe person if you want to say it that way he's a consuming fire he loves righteousness and justice you don't love righteousness and justice you won't be safe with him you don't love the truth you won't be safe with God we want to arrive safely so so these words uh, well brother Paul there and we didn't mention brother Justin didn't mention what we call verse 2, Brother Paul says, I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. So these are these are dangerous things that we're speaking about. We're exhorting one another for, for our safety's sake. Our safety in the presence of God. Of course, now there, there, are, there are others that want to do damage to us as well, but... <laughs> They can only kill the body. Satan can kill the body. Remember, he told God told Job or told Satan, "You can't kill him." He could have, but you can't kill him. Whom to fear? Him who, after he has killed the body, can cast your soul into hell. That's who you fear. That's who you fear. But he's the one who has sent us his son and the gospel. And all of the things that we spoke about, all these safeguards and all this communication that we spoke about in our Bible lesson this morning. He sent us these things. So woe to the person who doesn't take advantage of these things. And that's what Brother Paul is exhorting these readers in Corinth to do. And us as well. I'm glad Brother Justin didn't say too much about the word if because I'm going to preach about that tonight. (laughs) From 1 Thessalonians 4. So. Good things, good things. Thank you, brother. You have some comments this morning, brother? Glad to exhort you about these things. Remind you of these things. Recall. Glad to have our, our recall alerted this morning about these things. Comments for you from your brethren. Brother. Fred, I took great great delight in it. If there's a, 
the light of God shines on both these sides. Hmm. What we received and what we shouldn't receive. He illuminates both. Yes. See how he went in. He explained. I just delighted it. He explained. Well, that's another Jesus. That's yeah. another. That's another God. That's another Spirit. He just. Why? Because God wants this clarified in yes. the minds of people. You've got to be able to detect the synthetic and the, and the not the real thing. You've got to be able to detect it because our adversary, as compared with our humanness, is superior to us. The only thing we are superior in is in the spirit that we have and in yes. the God that's for us. But of ourselves, we, you have to be able to detect this. Mm -hmm. Amen, yes. So I appreciated that message. Yes, yes. Very good. Other comments? Mr. Jim. Yes, I I also, it, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it because he promoted uh, the whole counsel of God. It's all given for a cause. There's no part of it that we would be God has given us such a wealth of, of knowledge mm -hmm. of himself and such a strong testimony of his son. There is no reason if we will let the word of God be the word of God and deny anything that, that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God in the scripture that that he gave us that word and the spirit is taking these things that Christ is taking from the Father and giving to the Son who gives it to the Spirit who indwells us that we might have an understanding of these things both a cognitive and experiential understanding of mm -hmm. these things which equates to fellowship and um, mm -hmm. not to allow other lesser temporal things to deny us the blessing that is in this and to know the Savior. Yeah. That absolutely, absolutely we can trust every word of God and things that we may not understand, we can still rest in this, that God is true. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Yeah. Now that phrase, by any means, well, that covers a lot of territory yeah, that threaten us. You know, the enemy will try to get in. Those of us who have been walking with the Lord many, many decades know we've, we've experienced and we've had to learn how to cut off those avenues of access and, and to be alerted when we, when we feel something approaching or when, when we're approaching something where there might be some danger. To be alert and aware. You'll give attention to it. How many times you will be instructed or retrieved or protected or comforted by the by a, a scripture that the Spirit brings back up into your remembrance when you need it. Something looks really good, mm -hmm. and yet a scripture will define what that really is. Yeah. So that you can choose the good and refuse the evil. Mm -hmm. yeah. Something might look really bad. Scripture will come up and show you what the true nature of that thing is so that you're not hindered from receiving what is yeah. good. Yeah. Amen. Brother John. 
you can reason about another Jesus the same way you reason about another gospel. Paul said about another gospel, he said, which is not another. It's not really gospel at all in that case. And likewise, to say, to charge someone with following another Jesus, it really equates to say you don't follow Jesus at all. There is no other Jesus. And also, the, what, they're, the, what they're following won't save them. That's mm-hmm. what comes with that charge. Oh, yeah. You say that. It's like what you're following is not going to save you. You're not yeah. going to get to heaven following what you're following. Mm-hmm. That's what comes with that statement. Is that it's bigger than just misunderstandings or different levels of understanding. It's something that actually will condemn you in the end. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a hypocrite. It's an imposter. Another Jesus is not a clone. Yeah. Likewise, yeah. gospel. I mean, they have similarities, but they're not. Yeah, they're clones. no clones. They're not perfect resemblance. The Lord has no clones. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they gave him an appearance, but once it starts talking, okay. Well, yeah. It says head of a lamb, it speaks like a dragon. Okay, let's open his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> then you kind of know yeah. there's something different. This isn't what I think it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a it's a very dangerous thing that Brother Justin was talking about. When he mm-hmm. says someone came up here preaching another Jesus, I mean, well, that's the only way you can get another yeah. Jesus is someone preaches it. Yeah. Another Jesus doesn't exist. Yeah. He, doesn't, he didn't get a he didn't right. come to earth. He didn't speak to anyone. He was someone that was passed along by virtue of mm-hmm. preaching or teaching or something yeah. like that. But the real Jesus yeah. will save you, though. Yeah. Another Jesus, well, it can't. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, we've got all kinds of, of religious groups, organizations, uh, people, teachers that are promoting uh, a Jesus. They sure are. But you've got to these these the first readers of this letter see are being are being called and challenged to assess and evaluate what you're, what they're hearing based on what they had heard because they had believed the truth it had been preached to them and they had believed it now they had to to make it, make an assessment brother see the state of the Corinthian church is why he had to say this. Yes, that's right. He didn't have to ask what they taught. Yeah. He didn't have to ask what these people came in, what, precisely what another Jesus, he didn't go into what another Jesus was. No. But the fruit said, told him, Jesus isn't here. Yeah, yeah. That's what the fruit told him. Yeah, the, re- the reports that he was hearing so about what was happening in court. Fruit, wherever, it doesn't make any difference where it is, wherever you find fruit, that the spirit doesn't produce, yeah. Satan produced it, and he produced it because people swallowed what he had. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, there's a, another Jesus. He always comes presenting another gospel, right? Another yes, way, right. Another, spirit. another life. He promotes other promises. So the real Jesus is is exactly as he's re- represented in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Amen. There is no variance. When you see Jesus uh, as He is, the Scriptures is a perfect mirror. It yeah. reflects Him. And if it doesn't, well, then there's something to question. Now, maybe your understanding, you press in. and But see, if you don't even understand the Scriptures, how do you know if you're being deceived? That's right. How do you know if you're worshiping a wrong That's Jesus, right. if you don't even know the Scriptures? If you're not a scriptural person, you haven't searched it out. You just believe whatever somebody said. Now, you're a candidate. Yeah. For, for, for being deceived, for sure. Right. Yeah. Amen. we got to give ourselves to what God's given us before mm-hmm. yeah. we're going to grow it. Yeah. Amen. Be prosperous. Amen. Good things. Any others there? Better. I think of the, this text kind of like Nehemiah, the cupbearer. He, he proved what the 
what the king ate and drank, that there was somebody also preparing what the king ate and drank. Uh, similar to the yeah. watchman that was on the wall, not not everyone was up on the wall watching for enemies. There's somebody in the city, you know, doing necessary things for for life, for to sustain and to and to provide uh, for for the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the in the kingdom, see there, the the watchman on the wall doesn't only watch for enemies. Yeah. So any anyone any one of us that ministers the the truth can act as the watchman on the wall, and that's what we heard this morning. But we also preach Christ, and we heard that as well. Mm-hmm. So you know the, the 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 whole counsel of God, like Sister June mentioned earlier, can be can be preached, can be heard in a in a very in a very short short amount of time. The, when Christ is preached, there's an aspect of warning from the wall mm-hmm. and of ministering <coughs> comfort and of ministering warning yeah. and, of, and of making God known and, and of conviction and of as all it's all wrapped you know can be wrapped together. Mm-hmm. So we in receiving the, the whole counsel of God we are receiving these warnings, which are necessary, and we're also we also receive the knowledge of God and the and the hope of uh, of eternal life. It's all it's all there. He provides all Amen. things pertaining yes. to life and godliness. Amen. 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 Very good, brother John. When you consider how much is said about Jesus, I, mean, I don't have statistics to back this up. I think you could easily conclude that Jesus is the most talked about person in any generation. Even on our day, I don't think there's any human being alive in any generation that has been talked about as much as Jesus is. So I can't think of any culture or any group or any yeah. believe not believe doesn't know something about it or hasn't been taught about it or subjected to it in some way. And so with that kind of a scenario, they can hear a lot of different things. Well, Jesus mm-hmm. even said, who would have been say that? Yeah, he got a lot of answers. Everyone was talking about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. There was no, who's that? People were talking about it. And today it's that way. Everyone's talking about it, whether it's people that are church people or whether it's people that don't believe at all. They still have heard the name. Mm-hmm. And they still say stuff about it, too. Yeah. The people who don't believe in God at all, they talk about Jesus yeah. as a historical figure. Yeah. They have their version, too. Mm-hmm. But there's a way to know. There is a way to know. So, in light of the very different things it says, Jesus doesn't make a way for us to know exactly who he is. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful he's made that way. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Brother started out talking about the urgency of these things. It reminded me of an opening Sister Maggie had her while back about sounding the trumpets, the calls. Warning trumpets, yeah. They were sounded with me for urgency and warning. And I think that that's our longest work of it ourselves, and we need to not hesitate to send out the warning. Emergency, and that, that is to speak up in any mm-hmm. situation or matter that we might have before thought, you know, well, you don't want to offend that person, or you don't, might say the right wrong thing, or whatever, you know, say it the wrong way, but it's an urgent thing, so we need to not have yes. to speak out before it's because there isn't maybe much time left. Amen. Amen. Any other thing?
to and need to hear uh, messages like this that uh, stir us up and, and remind us of the, the weight, the gravity of the truth and, uh, and, and the gravity of our enemy, the enemy of our soul, who wants, wants to devour, seeks to, to damage us, at least to make us ineffective on some level if not to uh, completely surround us and take us down. So good things. Any other things then, brother? Very good. Thank you, Brother Justin. Uh, brother Levi, come and lead us in our hymn for the Lord's table then, and Brother James has our meditation this morning. Thank you, brother.